Welcome in, everybody, to a new episode of the Pocket Aces Podcast. My name is Doug. Thank you all so much for those of you out there who are listening in. Uh, my uh, man, Sean, is taking off another episode. Well, that's because he pretty much doesn't have a choice. Um, uh, the recording of this episode today is March 18th, and it's, uh, well, it's after 8 o'clock, let's say, and uh, if you're in New Jersey, you're technically not allowed out on the roads right now, and that's going to be a big topic of conversation here in this episode. Obviously, last week, when I checked in for the first time in a couple months, uh, we were, t- I was talking, I can't say we, it was just, it was just me. I was talking about, you know, I wanted to preview the March Madness tournament this week. I wanted to talk about, uh, baseball, talked about baseball last week a little bit, talked about, uh, the players championship a little bit last weekend. And unfortunately later that day after I recorded that episode and also, uh, the very next day, all hell broke loose, everything changed. And now, uh, uh Topics of conversation have to change a little bit. So it's really amazing what can change in just a a week's time. And now here we are with little to no sports whatsoever, unless, of course, you can... I mean, I don't even know if the European soccer leagues are still playing. I haven't checked in on that. But um, just, just an absolutely astounding time here in history for all of us and... You know, I'm, I'm. This is, of course, a sports and sports betting and gambling podcast, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But I mean, this is definitely something that most people alive today can say they've never experienced in their lifetime. So, um, unfortunately, my desire to talk about March Madness, unfortunately, can't do it. Of course, I wanted to do this episode originally. I wanted to talk all about the tournament, since technically it's supposed to start tomorrow, um, but it is not, and. You know, from here, who knows what's going to happen? Um, obviously, March Madness isn't going to happen, but who knows what we're going to do? I would love to be talking about more baseball stuff right now. That's not going to happen. I would love to be talking about, um, you know, the Players Championship just took place. Um, I would be, I would really be excited to talk about, you know, the. I mean, I could even talk about the World Series of Poker right now. That looks to be about the one thing that's holding on. Um, but I mean, as always, we start off. Um, a every episode of the Pocket Aces podcast with talking about a little bit of Atlantic City news. Well, obviously, the big news in Atlantic City right now is that for only the fifth time in the history of Atlantic City since 1978, when the casinos opened, the first casino opened, and ever since, for only the fifth time in Atlantic City history, all of the casinos are closed. They are completely shut down. Um, I saw a picture today of the outside of resorts with the the fencing and the gates put up around it, almost as if it was permanently closed, um, reminiscent of when they were doing redoing Hard Rock a couple years ago, and they had the fencing up around uh, the building while they were doing the construction. It's it's definitely bizarre, and I haven't been down there obviously because pretty much we're not supposed to go anywhere. Uh, I'm working from home uh, starting today, so. Um, for anyone out there who I work with that might listen to this, yes, it is after work hours that I'm recording this. Um, just, just to put that out there, but for save my own ass, I guess you could say. But um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, not a lot to talk about in terms of Atlantic City. No real news since our last episode, other than, of course, the fact that um, again, this is only the fifth time in the history of Atlantic City in 40 years that every casino is closed all at once. And from what my research is saying is obviously there was 
a couple times where it closed down for some hurricanes. I have it listed here. Um, I did do some research on this, and I would like to thank the Philadelphia Inquirer. I don't know who wrote this article, but it was at least listed here. So the other four times Atlantic City has closed down, this is kind of out of order, but obviously three of them for hurricanes, the most recent being Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Uh, all casinos were shut down for five days for that. Uh, three days uh, for Hurricane Irene in 2011, and then... Before my time, not to give away my age too much, but uh, they closed down in Hurricane for Hurricane Gloria. It doesn't say how many days specifically. And then there was a New Jersey state government shutdown in 2006 that closed the casinos for just three days. So um, at this point, I know the casinos officially, all of them shut down Monday. And unfortunately, it looks like this shutdown due to the COVID-19 outbreak will probably be the longest uh, the longest shutdown in the history of Atlantic City. I mean, of course, unless you were to consider. I mean, obviously, you could be literal on this and say that Revel, now Ocean, was closed for f closed for four years. The showboat was closed for a long period of time. Um, so if you're being literal, you could say that the longest casino shutdown in Atlantic City history is, I guess, technically Revel. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you want to count Atlantic Club because it's still closed. That doesn't really count, though. I guess you'd have to consider buildings that closed and then reopened. But technically, um, I this is going to be the longest that it's closed. I, unfortunately, I don't see this. Uh, I don't see this improving anytime soon. Uh, the situation itself, I think, will improve. I would like to think that in the next. Um, week or two, things will start to go back to normal here in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, down in Delaware, and all that good stuff. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think, unfortunately, based on what I'm hearing and what everyone's reading out there nowadays, um, without a doubt, the longest Atlantic City shutdown will be this period of time here. Is obviously previously it looks like only five days for Hurricane Sandy in 2012 was the I guess you could call it the record, um, but I think this unfortunately is going to do it, but we'll see how it goes. Um, this record does mention that in 2006, um, there was a loss of about $55 million in the city among all the casinos for those three days of a shutdown, so I can't even begin to imagine what it's going to look like after seven days, after potentially 14 days, but... You know, we'll have to see how it goes, and again, I'm not going to get into the science of it or anything like that. This isn't, that's not what we're here to talk about, but definitely a crazy time. And if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, we're on TuneIn Radio, we're on the Podcast Addict app, feel free to, you know, if you have the ability to leave a comment or anything, please do. Feel free to give us a like and follow on Facebook. Um, it's www.facebook.com slash the pocket aces podcast, or you can just search at pocket aces podcast on Facebook. Feel free to head on over to our Facebook page. If you're listening and, uh, drop us a line, uh, drop us a comment on the post for this podcast, uh, this episode, I should say, feel free to leave a visitor post or anything. Let us know what you think. And, uh, as always, if you have anything you want to bring up, you want us to talk about in a future episode, please do. We certainly can. We'll, we'll throw some props your way as well. So. Just an absolutely crazy time, um, and I would say that's probably obviously the biggest news in Atlantic City. They're officially closed. I I didn't think when all of this started happening a week ago that 
um, the podcast, sorry, not the podcast, this is the podcast. Um, I did not think a week ago when all of this started to really hit the fan that the casinos would close. It made sense, but I figured the casinos would just operate with hardly anybody there. I, I think it would make more feasible sense to be open with no one there than to close, but um, it sounds like they opted, for, well, obviously, state regulations and everything, they kind of had to close, but it's definitely bizarre, and who knows where everything's going to go from here. I'll be curious to see what the numbers look like for all the casinos after this is all said and done, and obviously we can keep our fingers closed and hope that this is a a very short period of time where this all happens, and I'd like to think it will. It's starting to sound like things are improving in other parts of the globe that have had this issue, so I know we're a couple weeks separated from where other parts of the country, the, the sorry, other parts of the world have experienced this, but who knows? And I'm I'm optimistic. I'd like to think that in the next couple days, this not a couple days, all right, couple days being overly optimistic, but I'd like to think maybe in the next week or so we'll start to see some improvements. Unfortunately, it sounds like in terms of sports, turning our attention to the sports world. I mean, the uh, the NBA, the NHL have already postponed their season. Um, the NHL supposedly has already started discussing potentially starting up the season in July. Um, I have no honest idea why you would consider waiting four months uh, unless for some reason the NHL is getting information from health organizations and from the government that the rest of us aren't aware of. July is four months away. Why would you, if this whole situation starts to improve in the next couple of weeks, um, and by the end of April everything's back to normal a month from now, why would you want to start the season up again three months after that? I, I don't quite understand that, but uh, who? I mean, it, I guess it would have to depend on how quickly they can get everything cleaned up, all those arenas cleaned out and whatnot, so... I don't know what the situation is, but um, the PGA Tour has already canceled or postponed a number of events into May. They've already moved. Uh, they've already moved the PGA Championship. They've already postponed the Masters. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think postponing the Masters is jumping the gun a little bit. Um, I'm not a big fan of that decision. Obviously, um, for a sports purist such as myself, and for a golf purist such as myself. Um, the Masters is supposed to be played in May. You know, the trees are blooming when it just, it, it's supposed to be done in, it's supposed to be played in April. I can't imagine the Masters being played at any other time, and it shouldn't be. And I think that was jumping the gun a little bit on the PGA's part. And then, of course, they, they even postponed, I, I believe the PGA is now in May. They've post, they've agreed that to postpone the PGA Championship already. I, I don't understand the need to postpone something that's two months away. You know, I, I can understand, you know, I'm a musician as well. Um, the, the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of all of our podcast episodes here are my own band. That's a song by my own band um, called City Line. You can check them out on Facebook as well. Just search City Line Band. Um, you, I can understand the tours and everything that need to postpone because you have to reschedule stuff and... A lot of times, you know, you don't necessarily want to, you know, for tours that are going on right now or we're supposed to be, you don't necessarily want to postpone or cancel a bunch of shows and then come 
late April, this could still be going on and you have to do more. So I understand the need to kind of do everything at once. But for the PGA, I don't understand why you would do that. I don't understand why the NHL would consider pushing out to July or why Major League Baseball, whose regular season isn't set to start for another technically two weeks, why you couldn't just agree to start in May, just push everything back a month. Um, of course, I guess now the MLB would have to play a condensed schedule because I truthfully can't see Major League Baseball wanting to do the World Series in November. I think that would just be a little too much unless by some miracle, or not by miracle necessarily, but unless by some way the uh, the league agreed to play the World Series at a neutral location where it's warm, I mean, if you wanted to play the or at a at an indoor stadium, you know, if you wanted to go play, if you could agree to play the World Series in like Southern California or in Texas, where it's going to be warm and relatively warm in November, or someplace that has an indoor stadium, you know, if you wanted to go to, I believe Milwaukee Miller Park is indoor. If you wanted to go to Toronto to Rogers Center, uh, that I could understand. If you wanted to play the entire hundred and 60-plus game schedule, 162-game schedule for Major League Baseball, and then have the World Series take place in November. I don't necessarily think playing in Boston in November is a good idea based for baseball. But if you were to have both teams go to a neutral site or, you know, if it was Milwaukee and by some miracle Milwaukee made it to the World Series, that would be cool. But a neutral site, an indoor site, something like that could make sense. But I don't think it would be wise for Major League Baseball to decide to do the to start the season in May, or even worse, in June, and then push the season into November and play a full schedule. They would have to do something. So um, again, it's a developing story that will, of course, take that will play out over the next couple of weeks. But um, that's kind of the sports, you know, part of all this for you. So. Um, the one good news is, uh, in terms of gambling, the World Series of Poker still appears to be on. I know a lot of people are calling for the World Series of Poker to be postponed, or some people are even calling for it to be canceled. And I think I saw that, I think I touched on that in an episode last week. I think you're downright crazy if you think that something that's supposed to start two full months from now should be canceled. I understand that the World Series of Poker has a lot of people in tight quarters for long periods of time, but if this thing kind of settles out in the next month or so, why would you then want to have the World Series of Poker, which is another month later, canceled? It just seems incredibly stupid. And for the biggest event in poker, I don't understand why you would want it canceled. Postpone it. That I mean, you could postpone it. Have, bring the November 9 back. Bring the true November 9 back and play the World Series in October. It, it doesn't matter. Just have it. Why would you want to cancel it? I can even these poker pros that want to cancel the World Series. I, I I can't fathom why the number one event for your profession you would want canceled. It doesn't make any sense to me. My my job, my office is having us work from home through at least next Friday, and a part of me would just as nice as it was today to be able to work from home. I part of me would rather do the actual work at my work. So I don't understand why poker players wouldn't want to do the World Series of Poker. So I think it's a lot of people jumping the gun. But anyway, I mentioned last week our main topic of discussion for today is going to be a book review. So I have here with me a fantastic book. Um, if you ever get a chance to read it, if you're a fan of 
Um, if you are a fan of gambling, if you are a fan of history, if you're a fan of, of any of those, anything in between, um, I highly recommend this book. It's a little over 300 pages. Um, it's written by a gentleman named David G. Schwartz, who is a professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, those of you that follow Atlantic City News may remember his name or recognize his name. He's often, uh, he seems to be the go-to guy for gambling and casino information um, when it comes to um, the Associated Press, to the press of Atlantic City. Um, David G. Schwartz is an Atlantic City native. He now, of course, lives out in Nevada, um, which, by the way, it's also amazing to me that all the Vegas casino Vegas casinos are closed or closing. Never thought we would ever see that, ever, where the, potentially the entire city of Las Vegas shut down. That's just insane to me. But um, anyway, David G. Schwartz, he is a um, professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. He is an Atlantic City. Uh, he is a New Jersey-born Atlantic City native, and he wrote this fantastic book. He's written a couple of different books, but this book is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, the shorthand title is called Boardwalk Playground. Um, the long, the long extended title, Boardwalk Playground, The Making, Unmaking, and Remaking of Atlantic City. And then the, uh, I guess you would call it, I forget from my journalism classes what you would call Oh, the byline, I guess technically would be. That's what it's called, the byline. I just remembered that. How the people of a New Jersey resort built a seaside paradise, lost it, rebuilt a casino town, mostly lost it, and kept on dreaming. And what's absolutely amazing about this book is I believe it was pu it was published in 2015, if I remember correctly. Let's take a look here. Let's see. Copyright 2015, David G. Schwartz. So what's amazing is... You could probably add another 200 pages to this book for everything that's happened in Atlantic City since 2015. Um, and of course, that's when it was, uh, that is when it was published. I have to double check on one thing here because I don't remember if the closing of Revel is mentioned in here. And, and anyway, I'm not going to get too much into it, but. It's a fantastic book, and what's great about it is the chapters, despite the fact that there are a lot of chapters in this book, they're they're very short. I mean, chapters are, I think at most, five or six pages long. Some chapters are only two or three, which kind of breaks it up and makes it very easy reading. I read this over the course of a couple of days during a snowstorm. Gosh, I think it was back in 2018. We had a some snow days here in New Jersey right after I had gotten this. Um, and it's obviously been, well, it's probably been over two years now since I read this, so I might go back and read it again, especially with all this time that I might have being at home now. But it's just an absolutely fantastic book. And it goes over a lot of Atlantic City news. Sorry, not Atlantic City news. It goes over a lot of Atlantic City history. It jumps around um, and it's really interesting because it, there's a lot of history in Atlantic City that even I wasn't aware of. So it's really just a fantastic read. And one of the things that I loved about reading this book, despite the fact that there are pictures throughout the book of Atlantic City so long ago. I mean, there's, there's, I'm looking at it right now. There's a picture of the inside of the Warner Theater from 1929, it's, uh, and it says... 
The Warner Theater, opened in 1929, was a op- was as opulent a movie palace as ever built in Atlantic City. And then, of course, right below it is a picture of the outside of the Warner Theater. Of course, um, that facade is now, I believe, painted onto the side of Bally's Wild Wild West. Um, it's actually incorporated. So the front of the Warner Theater, incorporated into Bally's Wild Wild West, slightly combines old and new Atlantic City. So... It's really cool to look back and see pictures of Atlantic City, you know, as it was so long ago, so long before all the casinos were built. And it's so interesting to see the Marlboro Blenheim Hotel, to see the Dennis Hotel before, you know, way back in the day, to see the old Brighton Hotel before it became the Sands. I mean, it's just really cool. And then, of course... Um, you know, Haddon Hall, which is now the uh, the Ocean Tower at uh, Resorts, the original tower that was open. And, you know, obviously, of course, the Rendezvous Tower has been built since, but a picture of the old Haddon Hall with its old, um, you know, reddish brick look, much different than the white brick look that it has nowadays. I mean, and here's here's a picture of the Caesars Boardwalk Regency from right after it opened in 79. It looks nothing like this. It looks absolutely nothing like this. And, I mean, there's so many great little things in here. The old Playboy Hotel and Casino, which became Trump World's Fair, which I had a mild obsession with at the time I read this book because I wanted to learn so much about this casino that's not there. And uh, it was torn down in 2000, I believe. And if you watch the movie Ocean's Eleven with, you know, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, the in the very opening part of the movie, there's a, a helicopter footage coming over the ocean and, you know, focusing on Atlantic City. And you can see the old Trump World's Fair darkened out. It must have been, you know, they probably filmed the movie in 2000, so it would have been right before they took it down. Of course, another topic of discussion for another day, I mentioned it last week, that they are trying to tear down uh, Trump Plaza right next to Boardwalk Hall. So very interesting little twist, just possibly if Trump Plaza comes down this year, it'll be exactly 20 years, I guess, since they took down Trump World's Fair, which was on the other side of, of Boardwalk Hall, so that's a, a little interesting thing to think of. Um, very interesting. Yeah, it would be kind of interesting. 20 years separating both buildings on both sides of Boardwalk Hall, and both would be gone. So my main thing when I was trying to think about it was going to Atlantic City since I was a child, trying to think of if I remember seeing that building there, and I just it, I couldn't remember. So um, update on what I mentioned earlier. Yes, this book does mention the closing of Revel, um, as there's a picture of it right here saying Revel was supposed to lead a new wave of casino development. It closed after two years and five months. So um, I mentioned earlier that this book could probably have a whole extra 200 pages added onto it for everything from 2015. But just I can't stress enough how fantastic of a book this is. It goes over the beginning history of Atlantic City. It's founding in 1854, going all the way back to when the first people came to Atlantic City. The first person ever to truly call Atlantic City home was a doctor that believed the ocean air and the smells from the ocean air had healing properties. Of course, you know, if, if you ask anyone from New Jersey, they'll tell you going to the beach is a good thing. Now, whether or not it has medicinal uh, 
healing properties and things like that. Uh, can't say for sure, but all I know is I feel a lot better going home once I've been at the beach because there is truly something about that, uh, just those smells. So, you know, just being on the beach, the, the wind, the salt air, there is something about it. And thank God that time of year is coming up very soon. So uh, Dave, David Schwartz, he does a great job. He goes over, there's, the book is broken down into sections. So it's broken down into, you know, the history of Atlantic City, right, you know, the first section of the book is called Rise, Fall, Rise, Fall. And it goes over, you know, the beginning stages of Atlantic City, the Great Fire of 1902, you know, how Atlantic City was used in the 1910s during World War One. you know, the Roaring Twenties, Nookie Johnson, how Atlantic City was converted to help, you know, wartime again in the, for World War Two, And then, you know, it kind of goes on there from, you know, Section 2 is called Classic Hospitality. It goes over um, all of the old hotels. Chapter 3 is dedicated specifically to personalities, you know, some popular um, historical figures from Atlantic City. Um, section 4 of the book is called The Community. It goes over a lot of things that have happened within Atlantic City. Um, there's an entire section dedicated to the city of Ventnor City, um, you know, the Easter Parade um, trolleys. And this first section is called Lighting the Way, which is about the first lights um, ever incorporated on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, the, the first hospital that opened in Atlantic City. And then Section 5 is called Casino Capital of the East. It goes over all of the casinos. It even goes into, um, I believe, if I remember correctly, a couple of failed casinos. And there's actually an entire Wikipedia page dedicated to proposed Atlantic City casinos that never came to be. So... I think I was about to mention it earlier. One of my favorite things to do when I was reading this book was when it talked about certain locations, former hotels, former restaurants, and things like that in Atlantic City. It was very interesting when David Schwartz mentioned, okay, this hotel was on the corner of this street and that street. And to kind of think about where that is today and what's there. So it's very interesting to read about, you know, the the old hotel, I forget if, I forget if it was the Traymore or, or I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but the, the hotel that was at the site of what is now essentially Hard Rock, formerly the Taj Mahal. At the time this book was written, it would have been the Taj, because when this book was written, the Taj Mahal was still open. Um, and then to go through some of the old pictures and to see pictures of the Marlboro Blenheim, the Traymore, the Ambassador Hotel, which of course ended up becoming the Tropicana, um, the Shelburne Hotel, uh, which I don't think is there anymore, but looks a lot like what... Actually, is that the Claridge? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and then, you know, pictures of the Tremor getting torn down in 1972. The Dennis Hotel, as it was way back in the day before it became Bally's, you know. Um, it's just so cool to be able to look and read into the Atlantic City history. And again, I, I cannot recommend this book enough. I've said that probably 50 times already. It's a very easy read. Like I just happened to look one of the sections here called starting the season is literally a total of a page and a half. It's a very easy read to get through. And it's a very easy book to sit, set down and come back to after some time. If you get through the first section of the book, um, you know, as I mentioned, the first section is just titled, 
um, rise, fall, rise, fall. To get to go through that book, to go through that, sorry, to get through that section of the book, it's only about 90 pages. If you put it down, come back to it to start section two, it's very easy to pick up. So it kind of jumps throughout history in certain spots, but a lot of it also goes chronologically. So if you have a chance to pick it up, please do. I believe I got this on Amazon, um, and I believe it's still available. Of course, right now it looks like Amazon. You can't order it right now because it won't come to you because I think Amazon is shutting down um, shipping. So unless, of course, you're ordering medical supplies or stuff like that or household essentials, I believe they said. But anyway, if you get a chance, please do. Um, <laughs> I remember reading this. Uh, Mr. Schwartz, if you hear this at all, I apologize. When I was reading, I, I'm a, I'm very big on grammar, and I notice, uh, I notice errors in publish in publishings, publish publishings. Yeah, I guess in, in newspaper articles, online articles, books. I I pick up on grammatical errors really quick. I on punctuation errors. So I'm just reading through this now, and I'm looking at some of the highlighted sections of the book where I noticed some uh, some things that were incorrect so so I mean it, just something I noticed there's a couple throughout the book where you know proofreader didn't pick up or anything like that and it's minimal like I remember somewhere in the book Atlantic City is spelled alt antics al a l t a n alt antic city it, it literally for the number of times the word Atlantic appears in this book, to only happen I think once is kind of is pretty good, but um, very easy to forego those and not worry about it. But if you do get a chance, pick it up. It is a fantastic read for anyone that is interested in the history of Atlantic City, in the history of a very important part of South Jersey. You know, a lot of people I think sometimes forget how vital Atlantic City is to. South Jersey to New Jersey to gambling on the East Coast. I mean, without Atlantic City, there'd be no gambling on the East Coast. Of course, I think a lot of us would prefer that Atlantic City be the only place on the East Coast to gamble because then all hell wouldn't have broken loose back in uh, the early 2010s because all the other casinos in Pennsylvania and Delaware and New York wouldn't have opened and Connecticut wouldn't have opened, but that's a topic for another day, so... Again, one final time, the book is called Boardwalk Playground, The Making, Unmaking, and Remaking of Atlantic City. It's written by David G. Schwartz, uh, an Atlantic City native um, who is a professor uh, at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, he is kind of, from what I understand, he is the go-to uh, gentleman when it comes to... Um, I should say the, the go-to expert is the word I'm looking for. The go-to export, uh, expert uh, to uh, on Atlantic City and gambling. It looks like on the back of the book here, he also has a couple episodes. Uh, sorry, a couple of uh, – getting ahead of myself. A couple of other books. Um, Roll the Bones. Any Rush fans out there will understand that. Roll the Bones he's got. It's called The History of Gambling. Um, Cutting the Wire, Gambling Prohibition and the Internet. Um, Suburban Xanadu, the casino resort on the Las Vegas Strip and beyond, and uh, Grandissimo, uh, the first emperor of Las Vegas. So a couple of other books by David G. Schwartz to check out if you're interested in any other gambling um, reads. So 
check it out if you get a chance. So um, I appreciate you tuning in if you've uh, made it this far with us. And uh, again, if you get a chance to check out that book, please do. Feel free to check us out here, the Pocket Aces Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a line if you'd like. We are also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn Radio app, and the uh, Podcast Addict app. And our main location still is our SoundCloud page. Feel free to check us out at the Pocket Aces Podcast on SoundCloud. You can leave a comment there as well. Uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Not sure when the next episode will be, but we'll try to get one out soon. Hopefully we can get Sean back in here once this quarantine is lifted. Um, or at least try to maybe do one early in the day on a weekend or something like that so that we can get both of us back here. And hopefully by the next time we can do a podcast, we can have some sports to talk about. Hopefully everything resumes shortly. So uh, everyone out there, if you're at home for an extended period of time, enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. This is the Pocket East Podcast. Take care.